2: HNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith, here with Saul Bookman, Espo, and Gerald Borgay.
0: If they only knew what we talked about before
2: (laughs) the show started. Honestly, you guys, I'm so glad our mics are muted. It is such a mess. I'm (laughs) hot just
1: like an oven (laughs) for your loving.
2: (laughs) Happy Monday, you guys. Today's question of the day to start the show is, y'all like?
0: Uh, Not after after what we were just talking about.
1: Shane just informed us. Oh, God. God. We're going here? Shane just informed us that there was such thing as sexual bears at Build-A-Bear. And then I looked it up on the internet. And there it is. There is the celebrated Valentine's Day. Didn't we
2: just have this conversation literally 20 seconds ago though? No, we do not need to bring this up. I want to
1: bring it up. I want to put the people in charge hey, of what hey. they listen to.
3: Happy Monday, y'all.
1: Hello. <laughs> well, oh
0: my God.
1: I'm good. I almost died of heat stroke yesterday fixing my dumbass fence, but yeah, I'm here. I thought you were watching the Builder Bear promo video. I <laughs> really okay,
0: almost died of heat stroke.
2: All right, moving on. Uh, I'm good,
0: Lindsay. Thank you for asking.
2: <laughs> I'm glad you're good because not a lot of people are good. Uh, God, everybody's
1: choosing Negativity violence. at good an God. all-time high. Ooh, says who?
2: And it ain't slowing down anytime soon. The Athletics' John Hollinger said about DeAndre and, quote, I think it's more likely than not that he's in a new destination next season, especially if the Suns can work out a sign and trade that brings back some value. So let me ask you one more time. You all right? (laughs)
0: People are dumb.
1: Well,
2: this
0: doesn't seem all that unexpected with everything we're hearing. It's just another voice chiming in saying, I talked to my sources and they are saying something similar to what we've already heard. You know, like and Hollinger, yes, worked in a front office with uh, with Memphis. So he has sources that are beyond some other people, I'm sure. But it doesn't surprise me.
3: Yeah, it's not anything that really bothers me any more than where we've already been at. Like, look, I want to clear up some DeAndre Ayton hysteria today because it seems like with every new report, we go through the same cycle and we should probably get used to it because it's going to happen multiple times before free agency starts. Just embrace the hysteria. Just, well, don't (laughs) embrace Stop
2: choosing (laughs) violence. Almost got him.
3: You were close. But look, I was
2: gonna say good <laughs> luck with that uh, goal of yours, because
3: yeah, no, I know. Saul won't let I it know. happen,
2: and neither will half of Suns Twitter. No, but here's <laughs> the thing:
3: the Suns are still in the driver's seat if they want to keep DeAndre Ayton. They can offer, they can match any offer for him as a restricted free agent, which would be up to four years and 131 mil. They can offer more than any other team, which would be up to five years and 177, or even on a four-year deal worth 136.6 million. Letting him walk for nothing doesn't make sense. And if he leaves, it's coming through a sign and trade. So, like, they are still in the driver's seat. And if I'm the Suns, I'm okay with reports like this circulating, especially if you do intend to keep him or to match him. Let other teams think that he's available. Let them make a four-year offer that's worth less than what you can offer him. That lets you off the hook if you do intend to keep him. Like, if I'm James Jones and I want to keep D.A., I'm happy with these reports circulating,
0: but doesn't it also hinder your ability in signing trade talks, though? Because now it's tougher to bluff that oh we're gonna we're gonna match him. You're you're you know, and they they may be more likely to go. Yeah, I I don't see that happening. Everything is saying you won't. So here's here's an offer, but it may not be the best offer no, you can get out of it. Not at I, all.
1: Why not? I don't see that at all
0: because. You're out there, you're saying multiple sources are saying they don't want to keep DA. He's likely gonna okay. be elsewhere. Cool. Like, so is he
2: i are you awesome. saying that he that the Suns are gonna get offered less there was yeah. also, simply because they don't want him? There was yeah.
1: also reports out there talking about Kyler might not play for the Cardinals again after this season because of what's going on in the offseason. Like who cares? Yeah, but it's, that's it's all it's all
0: rumors. It's they, all bullshit. They want to pay him who the money. Everything we've heard is that the Suns are hesitant to pay him that kind of money so when you go into a negotiation if your whole point is you're trying to sign and trade him you're gonna wind up I think with less leverage to actually make that deal No,
1: like okay sign him to your shitty offer sheet and for twenty million a year, or twenty five, or thirty, going to be
0: a max. Okay, offer cool. But but
1: let's just say there. it isn't. Okay, let's play your little methodical game. Nobody's signing him to a th- less than
0: a, a max. Okay,
1: offer well then the Suns are going to keep him. There's no way. I don't. There's think There's no that's... way. And you think a team that really values DeAndre Ayton and wants to give him as much as they possibly can is just going to be like, oh, you called our bluff. Okay, we're out. Like, no, no. They're it's called still a negotiation
0: a in that window and i'm saying that they might not offer you as much because they don't believe you're willing to commit max money to DeAndre Ayton. And i'm everything i'm hearing and you see that the smoke there's fire there. I don't think the Suns really do want to pay him. If they wanted to, they just would have done it last offseason, saved the dog and pony show and not had to deal with any of this shit.
4: That's it's
3: that's a valid point, but i do also think they did not want to commit that 5-year designated rookie extension to Deandre Ayton. They have one already with Devin Booker. If they'd have done that with DA, you cannot trade for a superstar that's on that same deal. So I think if you look at them not dealing a first-round pick at the trade deadline, if you look at saving that second designated rookie max extension spot, I think it maintains their flexibility, and it doesn't necessarily mean that they want to trade him or don't want to trade him, but they have that flexibility where if this situation does turn south, they can trade for such a player. Um, it's not likely with sign and trades, as we've talked about multiple times on the show. But I, I think if you're approaching this summer as yes, we want to sign and trade DeAndre Ayton, then I think you're right, it could hurt their leverage. But if you're approaching it as we're we're gonna do what's best for us, and if we if you make an offer a four-year max that's worth less than what he's gonna expect from us, like go ahead, we will match that, and then we can trade him down the line because he becomes even more valuable, especially when you get to
1: down the road, because his contract's not as heavy and you can still trade him for uh, valuable pieces coming back because his value is probably going to be worth more than the contract. You can't deal him for a year, though. So We're
0: what? Locked in. So but you hold him at a good if, rate if for a year? If the Suns want
1: him, they're going to sign
0: him to the four-year max that so they can offer him five million more before you get to an offer sheet, and it gives you the flexibility to flip him this year if you decide that things have gone sideways. So if their whole plan is to bring him back, they're going to sign him to that four-year max where they can pay him more money than anybody else
1: can. But I think what you're missing here is it's like the sons are not they're not in a take it or leave it situation they can go both ways with this they don't need to get rid of da they don't they don't need to get a sign and trade they can live either way like they're going to be okay either way now the, i in my opinion i think they're going to be way better off if they keep da than trading him because mm-hmm. i just don't feel like what they're going to get back in return is going to be valuable enough but Okay, worst case scenario, they have to hold on to DA. I don't think that's a horrible scenario and trading him if you get the right pieces back, okay, that's what you wanted to do. You didn't want DA in the beginning. All right, you're going to be fine. I don't I think this is almost uh, in in everybody's minds just like it's ironic that it's DA that we're talking about because half the people hate them half the people love them and I think in this scenario either way you go half the people are going to love it half the people are going to hate it it's the Suns are really in a no win no lose situation
0: and I agree with you the best course of action like we said all along mm-hmm. is for them to keep him mm-hmm. to sign him to that deal I'm just saying when I look at everything we've seen reported that I don't feel like it's real favorable for the Suns right now or for those of us that think that they should keep him
3: i i think the trouble you might run into if it comes down to the situation where they match an offer for him and can't trade him for a year is then you have to bridge that gap of okay like we can't let this become a toxic situation because then when we want to trade him down the line that hurts his (laughs) trade value if everybody knows this relationship has run its course and we're just biding our time to trade him if you do sign him and keep him, whether it's matching an offer or just re-signing him outright, you need to mend those bridges, which we've we've talked about multiple times. You need to put aside whatever happened in Game 7 on the sidelines, behind the scenes, all that stuff that we've only been able to speculate about, and overcome that. And I think this group can do that. Um, but I also do want to clear this up because I keep seeing this opinion being touted that the Suns are choosing a 37-year-old Chris Paul over D.A., these situations are completely independent of each other. Mm -hmm. Like this is not about choosing Chris Paul over DA. This is about not being certain that you want to commit $30 million a year to a guy who to this point has not proven he can be a primary or a secondary option. And we can talk about that later. We're going to do a Borgate breakdown later in the week about that very situation. But like this is not about Chris Paul and they're not choosing Chris Paul over DA by not offering him a five-year max.
0: It could be about moving that window up though like trying to find somebody Mm -hmm. that fits more with devin and and less about chris paul just trying to trying to find that guy that may be closer to that prime than than da
1: is right now. if they don't get a superstar in return or not in return but if they don't get a superstar Mm -hmm. in the offseason and you trade da oh
0: fans are going to be livid about that oh shit
1: i just completely think you fucked yourself and now chris paul is almost a useless chip in in your arsenal because you're going to make the playoffs, but you're only going to be maybe a six, five seed at best. And, and what do you have to show for it? Nothing. And a, a, and a, and a big, horrible miss on your first overall pick, um, which is something you talked about in Mm -hmm. one of your articles about, you know, that's basically admitting that you, you struck out. And I think they know that now. I mean, it's pretty clear and obvious, but um you when you draft somebody number one overall you draft him thinking that they're going to be around for seven eight to ten years um you give up on them after
3: four that's just not a. to good be fair good it style. was a different guy that drafted him and i think that comes into play here depending on what which avenue they choose but you're right as a franchise it's admitting that your team made the wrong choice with the number one pick
0: two-thirds of the people that helped make that decision are still there and james Fair. jones and robert sarver now it may only be one-third <laughs> and, uh, by the end of the month maybe but mm-hmm. but right now two-thirds of the people that were in that room that helped make that decision are still there i think that's scapegoating uh, as well in that case too not you but just yeah. in general like Organization had a misstep. I don't think they struck out. They didn't take Marvin Bagley. No, you know, one. Right. They they're making the choice to move on. Well, while, while there's still a lot of value in what DeAndre Ayton brings to a team.
2: I have a question. Mm-hmm. So we've talked a lot about signing Da to a four-year max, and we can the Suns can offer him more money than any other team. We've also talked about matching mm-hmm. any offers that come his way. Um, do you think that? Is it just a matter of if DA is willing to sign um, the offer that the Suns make him? If somebody offers him, instead of the Suns matching it, could they just offer him something separate without matching it? And if DA agrees to sign it, does that still work? Or does it have to be a match?
3: Once he officially signs that offer sheet, (laughs) then the Suns have two days to decide whether they want to match it. And that's the problem that people don't realize. The Suns have a ton of leverage here because – Free agency talks start July 1st. The moratorium starts I think July 6th or the moratorium ends July 6th. Mm-hmm. So the Suns have 2 days after July 6th to officially match. And while that while they don't do that, that te- keeps the other teams salary cap situation in limbo. It has Deandre Ayton's new contract figure on their cap sheet, which means they can't make any other moves. So for 2 days the Suns could completely tie up another team's salary cap space. And basically screw them over from getting other deals done.
2: So then, I guess what what is the likelihood that a team would offer da something oh, it knowing that? Oh, it well, I think what? it's
0: I think it's very. But like a likely. lot of
2: teams, or like one or two, are we talking here? Oh, I
0: mean, well, one or I? There's like have cap stairs. space. Yeah, like it's it's the Spurs, uh, Pistons, the Pistons, pacers, uh, the uh, all the good teams. The, the uh, Blazers, Blazers are Blazers close. Have, could make the money happen, like yeah. So there'll be teams, I think one or two teams will be will be hot on him and one will offer him the max at least but he could say hey I've got this offer sheet do you want to give me that four year with the extra 5 million his, him and his agent Bill Duffy could play that off each other before money. he signs the offer sheet that could happen Which in my know.
2: in my opinion I think that's the better play here for the Suns instead of matching something directly just offering him the four year max with the extra money that they can put in there I know they're not going to do the five year, but then it gives them more flexibility because, this season to move. Because
1: on. I think the Suns are, and I know Espo is a million percent on board with he's going to get the max from every team that offers. Which I'm not completely off, but you are also maybe hedging your bet that maybe somebody won't, and they'll offer him a few million dollars less uh, per
3: per a- annually, and then you can match that at a lower salary. I could I've, you not you. Could I mean you could definitely if they if any team offers DeAndre Ayton less than the max the Suns would be that would be beyond toxic to not match and let him walk for nothing like I still don't see even if another team offers a three or a four year max with like trade bonuses and a player option and all these things that de incentivize the Suns from matching they would be crazy to just let him walk because with their salary cap situation you're not going to find a replacement on the free agency market and this like free agency class isn't good. So they would be screwed if they just let him walk. I don't see them doing that. The question is, Lindsay, like you're saying, whether they offer it outright, have a little bit more flexibility to trade him sooner than having to wait that full year if they match somebody else's offer. I I just, I would be shocked if another team even offered less than the max because... The Suns would be stupid not to match it in that case.
0: Manny C. in the chat, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but says, Aiton plays like a swole Dragon Bender. Oh. Uh, I don't remember Dragon Bender getting double-doubles in the NBA even when he was playing on a shitty roster. And this is from the mayor of freaking Bender Island. So, <laughs> like, I was his biggest cheerleader, and I even <laughs> admit he sucked. You know, like...
3: Yeah, D.A. is... He's both undervalued and overvalued, and it because Saul, you've talked about this how drastically split the fan base is in their opinions on him, and that's what drives me crazy about this whole conversation. Is it's very rarely can we find a happy medium between being realistic of what Da can do and can't do, and what he might be able to do and what he might not be able to do, and I think you know we we always throw this other stuff in there like oh they're choosing Chris Paul or oh like Mikhail Bridges never gets slandered. Mikel Bridges isn't asking for a max contract. He got signed to a bargain deal. Like, it's it's different levels, and I think with D.A., your best case is still bringing him back and helping him blossom into a player who can create more of his own offense.
0: Yeah, look, I don't think the front office gives a crap what any of the chatter from any of us or any no. of these no.
3: reports is. They're locked in
0: in what they think about DeAndre Ayton, and, and it's a staring match right now. It's going to – does somebody blink – what do the Suns really want to do? Is it move on from DeAndre and Well, then they'll try to negotiate the best sign and trade. And if it's not there, maybe they will just match and try to find that deal later on and deal with whatever. But the the thing you can't have happen is have a mini Moore Keith Morris situation where you bring this guy back mm-hmm. and he napalms your locker room and, and all of a sudden what could still be a team contending for the Western Conference championship or a title is now trying to put out fires in their own locker room because they've done I that don't choice. think Aiden would handle
1: his business say, the same yeah. way he's not that kind of guy that his and DNA he, is not like that and
2: he loves some of these guys in this locker room like him and Mikel are like BFFs like he him and Devin get yeah. along really well did him that and stop Cam him get from along. yelling at Monty I mean, in the heat so, of the moment, yeah, things like, like that happen. Yeah. How many that's times have we all yelled not, that's at each not other? That's not a toxic individual.
1: Like, Markeith Morris, the more I have had okay. trouble ever since fucking high school, I get that. I'm not going to sit here and listen to that. Like, DA's I, not that kind of a guy. I wasn't
0: saying that he'd be that guy, just that type of situation. And the heat of the he moment is the far. entire season. It becomes a pressure cooker in a locker room if if somebody's not happy is
2: not the same as the rest of the season
0: you guys can sit there and say it's not possible but there were those reports that he was saying he wanted out it's it's not possible that he's going to end
1: up like mori i I will say it is
0: possible that he becomes the locker room problem if they bring him back with the intent that they don't really want him they want to move him and they just matched it because they couldn't get the value they wanted
1: I disagree, but okay.
0: Goran Dragic was the nicest guy in the fucking world. Mm. Like one of the coolest human beings you've ever met. Genuinely nice, a good human being, and he napalmed a locker room. So don't tell me DeAndre Ayton is incapable of it. He's incapable of
2: it. I don't know that I'm going as far as he's not. I don't think he's incapable of it, but I just don't see it being that drastic of of an issue if the Suns were to keep him. I think
1: D.A. can separate his teammates from, from the coaches all day long.
2: Um, the other thing that kind of came out of this article, once again, mm-hmm. is the conversation around DA playing video games. Is mm-hmm. this something, nothing, or everything to you guys?
0: Absolutely nothing. He's yeah. 23. I don't give a shit how long he plays video games, any of that. It That did not impact his basketball game in any way. I'd much rather have him do that than being James Harden and getting lap dances till 4 a.m. I don't care if he's sitting at home playing video games.
1: Yeah. Listen, to Espo's point, none of us know what the hell these players are doing 24-7. And to act like that because DA said or was found out that he was playing video games at 2 o'clock in the morning, that that means all of a sudden, that oh, that's the reason why he's so inconsistent. It's because of this, this, and this. Like, we have mountains and mountains of people in the NBA that just go crazy. Like, clip number one, Shane, play it.
2: Oh, we got clips.
4: Anybody tell you that I miss practice. If, 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 if a coach say I miss practice and y'all hear it, then that's that. I mean, I might've missed one.
1: That's practice. We talking, Alan about Iverson practice? talking about practice, not wanting to practice hates practice, but yet he's one of the best guards of all time. Like Michael Jordan was in Atlantic city during the Eastern conference finals at three, four o'clock in the morning Still managed to ball just fine. Who was like
2: the, who was the guy that was like, I don't like lifting weights. Them shits heavy. Something like that. Uh, you guys remember that?
0: Probably Kevin Durant. That
2: was hilarious.
1: <laughs> there's even like uh, uh, there's even a story about uh, Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan yeah. playing 48 holes of golf before Game Four, and then Michael dropped 55 on the Suns the next day. Like, dude, who gives a shit? Um, like, I don't care what they do at 2 o'clock in the morning. Gerald does. I really Gerald don't. Gerald
2: gives a shit. Look,
3: I'm not taking a strong stance on this either way, but, like, I'm not going to dismiss it as nothing either. That'd be stupid. The, the article that we're talking about said he typically wakes up at 6 a.m. after getting two hours of sleep. That matters. I don't care about, like, you guys are referencing Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, A.I., all time grades. DA isn't that. DA is the guy who is trying to convince people that he's worth max money so, and that's not how you do so it. So DA like, goes to matters. practice at six o'clock in the morning and then comes
1: back. He can't he can't sleep during the day? It didn't say anything in the report about that. Of course, it didn't. Because nobody asked asked him. What his day to day routine is. Maybe it
3: doesn't. But to to, to dismiss it as nothing is fucking stupid. It's absolutely nothing. It's not. Hold on. It's not. He's getting two two
1: hours of sleep in the morning. Who cares? Sleep is
0: not nothing. Okay, but let me let let me say this. Da is a newborn. There, He's getting two hours of sleep regardless when you're, when you're a first-time newborn father. Get rid of the kids,
1: Espo. Get rid of the kids. Can't have kids! Can't can't have kids. No, 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 you guys are being irresponsible
3: <laughs> because the report said, it laid out his day as far as when he spends time with his son, and it made it seem very much like his his girlfriend does like the heavy lifting in terms of his sleep schedule. He's staying up late because he said he has a hard time sleeping after long games and I'm not going to minimize that mental health aspect of it because the the story did a really good job going into how video games were therapeutic for him coming to the states not knowing anybody and when he didn't have that ability to play with his community back home he felt depression and anxiety and so I am not I don't want to completely dismiss you know his relationship with video games as something like oh he's a bum He's just another kid who plays video games till late, but I'm not going to say it's not nothing that he's staying up getting two hours of sleep. You need sleep as an NBA player, as a professional athlete, as a human being, like when you don't get enough sleep, there's scientific studies on it. It's akin to being drunk. And I'm not saying the guy is out there being (laughs) irresponsible, playing his NBA career drunk, but like, Two hours of sleep is not a lot, so I'm not gonna say it's I, not I, nothing. The, again, the entire NBA played high on cocaine throughout the 80s. And look how well that fucking went for him. That's <laughs> it, was the best,
1: it was the it was best, the best, best era ever. ever. <laughs> <laughs> ever. Hey, listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna drag That's him because funny. he plays Are video game Because him. again, like, we're not there, we're not in the house 24-7 to know exactly what his routine is. Maybe he does come home from practice and gets three or four more hours of sleep before he goes to a game mm-hmm. and he feels fresh and he's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not gonna sit there and bag on something that I just I it, it's like the, these people are reaching for things to really bag on D.A. about. And that's where I draw the line. I'm like, listen, man, like I guarantee you 50 percent of the NBA is out past two o'clock in the morning on most nights. Like dudes, when they come here fucking visiting Arizona, they go to Old Town. That's why we two always and say Scottsdale's
2: undefeated. All the time. Yeah, like except it for doesn't decade
1: it matter. <laughs> <laughs> like it just doesn't – like it just I'm, – I'm not going like, to put not, so much stock into this because I just feel like, like and I'm it's just people that. looking for things to attack yeah. him on when everybody – there's a lot of other guys that do the same thing.
3: Right. And I'm again, I am not taking a strong stance on this. I am just saying it's not nothing. I'm saying if you're talking about giving a guy a max contract, little shit like that could matter. And it gives us a little bit of insight into who he is. And what he's about. And I think that matters in a conversation as far as whether he's worth the max. That's all I'm saying. I'm not using it as an excuse to rip him down because if he is getting two hours of sleep and still playing like that, that's pretty fucking incredible. But like, it's not nothing.
0: Let let me ask this if we weren't talking about a max, we're talking 100, 120 million, a little more than the Mikhail got, but I still think we have people so entrenched on either side of this i I, that there is just hate or love that's so blind on both sides that i don't think i don't think it's the max that's the problem here i think it's the individual that people are so damn stuck on
1: unless he was going to take five million a year everybody go yeah that makes sense but i I don't i don't think I, i think we've gotten to a point in society right now where we are willing to find any little thing to attack people on Um, Look, Devin Booker over the weekend. He's like, dude, what the hell's up with all this toxic energy? Like people are upset about about game seven or they're upset about the last two games Devin played or they're upset about Chris Paul or they're upset about DA or Bridges disappearing. Like, and they're just trying to find all these reasons to absolutely hate on people. It's not unlike any other fan base either. Like all the fan bases give hell to all the players. Like it's just something that happens. I just... I'm sick of it. I'm fucking sick of all the toxicity. Like, dude, did you play or did you not? Did you play good or did you not? Devin Booker might not have played until 2 o'clock in the morning, but he sure didn't show up for game six or seven. At least DA showed up for the game six. But then Devin Booker showed up in other games and DA didn't show up. Like, we can go all day long about excuses and all, but you know what? They all sound like assholes. They all fucking stink. I don't care about any of that shit. Just play. If you play bad, you played bad, and you move on. Is your play on the court worth a max contract or is it not? That's the debate that we should be having, not did he play video games till two o'clock in the morning? Is Devin Booker's relationship with Kendall Jenner a distraction and all this other dumb shit that keeps going around? Like, I don't give a shit about any of it.
0: That's what comes with missing expectations. That's that's just the way this world is, is if if some, if a team, a person misses what they were supposed to achieve, we've got to dig into everything to find that burning answer as to why. Mm-hmm. You know, I find it another story that I just remembered. Shaq used to ship a NBA Jam arcade cabinet with him to every city they traveled to, and they play play in in his hotel room for for hours and hours and stuff like. I don't think this is a new problem. Lack of sleep mm-hmm. is not a new problem uh, in the NBA. Guys choosing to do things other than being in the gym 24-7, not a new thing in the NBA. I think what's new is the level of scrutiny that everybody goes through now because there's 24-hour news cycles and Twitter and Because people and, and know everything. about
2: it in mm-hmm. real time. Yes.
0: Right. All right, so we
2: have two Super Chats. One from Icon, thank you, said, D.A. can't set picks 30 feet from the basket if he plays video games. Good question. (laughs) Mm. Um, And then Libertarian said the real problem is the timing of this article. And I agree with you 100 percent because had this article come out in the middle of the summer, not really close to the playoff situation at all, nobody would be batting an eye about it. And I also have a question because I didn't read the article in its entirety. Was this a game day schedule or was this an off day schedule? So
3: this was this the reporting or at least the interview with D.A. was on probably on April 4th because in the article it mentioned before his upcoming game against the Lakers, which was on April 5th. And it said something like ahead of the playoff run. The timing of the release of the article was much later. It didn't drop until I think after game five of the second round series. So the timing couldn't have been worse as far as when they dropped that article. Mm -hmm. And I think that has played into kind of the hysteria over it. And again, I don't want to come off like I'm taking a strong stance on like, oh, DA plays video games. He's a hack. Like he's never going to be a max guy. My thing is just like, it it does matter a little bit. It is something. But the question
2: question I have is, if he's talking about playing video games on an off day, like late at night on an off day, What's the big deal? Like, yeah, if you're staying up till 2 a.m. and you wake up at 6 or whatever. I mean, maybe how often do they get off days, though? But if it's like after a game that he's playing video games to wake up the next day to go to practice. Listen, I know there's comments in the chat being like, get in the gym, watch film. There's only so much of that that an actual human being can do each day. Right. If you need an outlet to for something for you to keep your mind busy or just to relax to play with. This is fine.
3: Right. It's you not need, a big need, deal. If he's going that. to
2: bed every single day, every single day the entire season that late and only getting two hours of sleep. But here's the thing with DeAndre and he's so charismatic and just like freely speaks that he could say it as if this is something he does on a regular basis. And it realistically only be a handful of times, maybe a week or something when he doesn't not the night before a game. Like we all know how these articles are spun purposely or not. Sometimes it makes it sound worse than it actually really is. It also has to do with the way that we perceive things. We could read that article and be like, oh my God, DA never focuses. This is why he's this way. Or we could read the article and be like, yeah, I mean, my kid does the same thing every once in a while. He's still fine in school. It's not a big deal.
0: Well, and it also has to do with, and and we we can all attest to this. We've written pieces. I mean, it it. Matters what follow-up question you ask and how you position it in a piece too, because there's context that probably isn't there as well, or or that that or there is, but it, it's tough to tell sometimes what the full picture is because you're trying to make a gra- a lead that grabs people, gets them to read further into it, and this did. I mean that that was and what you do. I'm not doing that a was the
2: intention of the author of this piece, but sometimes, like I said unintentionally or not Mm -hmm. it can create that type of conversation around Mm -hmm. something
3: it's entirely possible but the line is literally verbatim Aiden typically wakes up at 6 a.m. after getting two hours of sleep like it's kind of hard to get that wrong or to just include that as a throwaway line like I don't know
2: so next question Uh, If you were placing bets on where D.A. lands next season on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, where would you put your money if you were allowed to make a bet like this? San Antonio. San Antonio.
0: It's not not the deal I want. It's not the place I want him to be, but that's, that's the one that I just get a feeling would be the one that checks all the boxes for everybody involved.
2: What you guys thinking?
3: I still think it's Phoenix. Like, they still. Oh, could we have still... cho- Could we choose Phoenix?
0: I oh, thought. As far I as thought as was it outside? Was, was it outside, or could we choose?
2: Phoenix? That's a good question. I, I say we. Days. Let's vote. Let's just put. Because we all agree Phoenix should be the place. Yeah. We've already said that 180 times on this podcast over the last handful of weeks. Mm-hmm. So let's pick places that are not Phoenix oh, with shit. the understanding that we're going to. I don't want to play Phoenix this game, is. Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> You're playing this game. I know. Wants, okay. He's going to Shanghai. Oh, oh, no, not shape
1: what, shape what is he? I figured.
0: Uh, <laughs> what's his face? Uh, Be- Beasley. No, Beasley that's just signed
2: with them. Him, oh, did he though? too? Yeah, that's good for yeah, him. its I am for- it I'm, I'm happy for him.
1: Okay.
3: Can we do? Can we make fun of Jimmer? Is that okay? You get- <laughs>
0: You can make fun of both of them as far as I'm concerned. The dude flamed out, but good for him. Um, It's to take a million dollars from somewhere else. I
3: I would agree with Espo. I'd say San Antonio would make the most sense probably if he's not in Phoenix, which, again, I think he will be. Detroit. I don't want him to hurt us.
2: (laughs) Um, I don't think the the odds would probably be really good for this because it probably won't happen, Uh, even though there's talks about it. Could you imagine if he winds up in Dallas?
0: No, Ooh, never
2: happened. How, but I bet you in, the odds would be great on that. A five dollar bet would get you a lot of payout.
0: How in your right mind would you trade him to
3: Dallas? I'm I just mean,
1: saying. If he went to San Antonio, just you just—I like I said it last time we were talking about this. If he goes to San Antonio, you just know, you just know, it's all going to turn around, and he's going to be that dude, and we're all going to be like, "Fuck."
0: He's David Robinson yeah, all over again, for Pop. By like, the way, I do know one thing though. If I went to that went to the app to place this bet, I'd be using that code PHNX.
2: That's <laughs> right, and you guys can use that same code right now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code PHNX. Make any five dollar bet during the NBA Finals and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets instantly. Once again, that is promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. The show notes for details. Uh, we have a super chat from Elon. Thank you, Elon. Said Elon here. At least he's not playing Fortnite. I take major offense to yeah, that. Yeah, Lindsay's a big Fortnite. I love Fortnite.
0: So <laughs> yeah, but Lindsay doesn't have to get kick up him at out six, of the chat, She doesn't <laughs> have to get up out. at six a.m. She gets up at noon, so it works <laughs> out all right. Oh,
2: I wish I could get up at noon every single day. That'd be lovely. <laughs> all right, next topic: Mikhail Bridges. This also came out this weekend. He opened up about their uh, second round exit at the hands of the Dallas Mavericks on the Old Man and the Three podcast with J.J. Reddick. We've got a clip for you guys from that show, but if you haven't listened to it, highly recommend.
4: What happened? What happened in the Dallas series? Uh, I don't know. It just, it was up, and then they just, it was, I mean, it was a good series. like, I think when we went up 3-2, I think just, we had a feeling we all thought we were going to win in Dallas. And then, you know, once they won, it kind of like now it's like, even though it's home advantage, it's like, you know, better than me, like game seven, is just like, now it's up for grabs. Like, you don't even, I don't think you're feel the home court advantage as much because they're so confident. And now it's like, there's really nothing to lose. And they're just going to go out and just play the way they've been playing. And, um, yeah, it got it got real scary. Got, I remember I just looked up, I just felt they were just scoring every time, and just goddamn feel and all them. I could just I could hear them. I could just hear them every time they score, and just the energy every single time. And we're not scoring that much, like at all. Um, I just look up. I just look up. I just see a score. I'm like, man, going to half down thirty is just ridiculous. And I was just like. Coming back out, like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta start off hot, like out the jump street, the third. Like if not, then you really have no chance. And then, um, man, we couldn't even score coming out, and they just kept going. They, everybody had their rhythm, and it, I mean, credit so to them, man. They played, everybody played really well. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just, didn't think that would happen. Never did think.
2: So let me ask you guys for the third time today, y'all right?
3: I'm fine with this.
2: <sighs> I'm not mad at it at all. I, he, well, I, I like. F- I feel like
0: he's just as confused as the rest <laughs> of us as to how Game Seven happened.
1: You know, he talked about how he had never, he basically had never lost to the Mavs in his entire career, mm-hmm. and then they felt like they owned him, and then they they, they beat him two times easily. Mm-hmm. And but my thing is, is after Game Four, you you probably should have known, like, okay, this is different. Mm-hmm. This is different. They found something that's working. And that's when the mode should have changed overall for the team. But for whatever reason, they just, they just, they were way too, they were way, they were overconfident. They were overconfident and they Mm -hmm. didn't feel that threat. And game five certainly didn't help because it was a blowout too. If game five had been a close game, I think they win that game in game six in Dallas because they know like we're right here. Yeah. But because that didn't happen and they went to Dallas and they were like, "Oh, we should we should easily knock these dudes off." And then they got molly again. Oh, man, it was it's so frustrating. Sometimes there's just no explanation. Mm-hmm. You just a team just doesn't show up. Oh. And they just don't have it and and another team is hot at the right time. It's it's happened a lot of times in sports where a team just gets into a good groove and they pick the wrong team at the wrong time.
0: Well, Mikhail basically admitted they got happy on the farm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, that's what that that whole thing is. Is oh well, we beat them almost every time in my career, and we were surprised. Well, <clears> that <throat> means you got happy. You got you got too comfortable in who you are, and just thought, hey, we'll turn it on at any point. And they got kicked in the teeth because they thought that way.
3: Yeah, it it did seem, and we've talked about the just kind of the overconfidence that extended to everything, as far as you know, Monty's faith in his guys turning it around or just every aspect of the series was, okay, the Suns have been here. They've done this before. They're going to do it again. And I think that they got away from the things that allowed them to do those things time and time again. Um, I don't mind the just amount of honesty in the interview. I I think it's going to bother a lot of Suns fans. And I understand why, because like you said, he seems just as, unable to answer these questions as we've been able to for the last few weeks it's something that I don't think we'll ever fully understand the extent of unless reports come out later of what exactly went on behind the scenes if anything did happen um but yeah I mean he he went on to say that game seven was for sure embarrassing every time that we talk about a game seven they're going to mention the Suns now Mm -hmm. um and that that sucks but I I do appreciate just kind of How honest he was about it, even if it's not what we want to hear. The one thing
1: I did take away from from that interview was that it didn't seem to me, at least from Mikhail's position, that there was any like strife going on behind the behind the scenes. Like Mm -hmm. it didn't, he didn't, you know, give any uh, you know illusion that maybe something like people were having beef or anything like that. It felt like it was just one of those things where, again, they just ran into the wrong team at the wrong time and they didn't have answers and they thought that their shit didn't stink, and then it stunk up the whole fucking building.
2: Well, Mm. when I watched this video on YouTube, I actually scrolled through the comments, and I pulled two for us to kind of chat about, and there was one kind of similar to what you had just mentioned from Vincent. They said, I love these interviews, but I usually leave frustrated because JJ can't ask the really tough questions, like, quote, Game 7, where we're booking CP? Are you mad at them? How were they in the locker room? And... One, these are all like a lot of this is rumors, right? There's different quote unquote sources who are saying that there was tension or whatever in the locker room, but it's all technically a rumor still. Nothing is completely solid evidence that there was something really bad going on. And then two, JJ is not going to ask Mikel something like that because mm-hmm. there's a respect from an athlete to an athlete that you don't cause drama like that that is not going to do any benefit to you or your team. And if he did ask Mikel something like that, I would hope Mikel would sidestep the the question because it's not necessarily something that is positive for him to be sharing.
1: Draymond asked that question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) JJ is also CP3's guy, right? So he's never going to put... I would. I would hope
2: Draymond would ask CP three directly to his face instead of asking. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think JJ would too. Yeah, it's one thing to ask the actual person about what happened. It's another thing to ask somebody about somebody else. That's where like the drama starts. The
0: only I won't even get into that. That takes us backwards. I'm not going to go there. It's it's a
3: bad question either way because you're either getting a sidestep, non-answer, or you are being incendiary and starting something that may not have even and then people are going to read the one little block quote that emerges from a lengthy interview and they're going to run with that instead of listening to the actual audio
0: i don't think there's anything wrong with asking the tough question and Mm -hmm. i felt like he asked mikhail point blank about himself yeah i agree asking you know, was it CP3's fault or wow, Devin Booker didn't really show up? Is his relationship screwed up? There's no that that's shit stirring. Mm-hmm. That's not, uh, you know, but asking directly, like if he has CP3 there and he doesn't ask him directly at some point, then that's, yeah. that's problematic. But this is this is he handled it the way he should have in this interview, interview JJ did. And you got a very honest and I felt raw answer. From McHale mm-hmm. as well. What when I look at all this, what I think really, you know, is going on here is twofold, right? They reversed the process in getting to the finals. What happened this year is usually what happens to a team before they take that leap right. to the finals, and nobody says crap about it because oh, you went from out of the playoffs to the second round and it didn't go well. You took your lumps. We'll come back next year. Then you make the finals. It's a whole different thing, right? But now it happened the way it did and you have a 37 year old cp3 and all of a sudden it feels like a pressure cooker mm-hmm. for it that you know and i don't think not having answers if it had been the first time you were in the playoffs anybody would have said anything it's lack of experience now they now they have some of it i think that's a big part of why everybody's scrambling to try to figure out what happened and why it feels so weird well everyone wants
2: a reason they want to yeah. point to something and be like that's what it was Because when you have a tangible reason, it feels better. Yeah. It just We're never going to have
0: a tangible reason. It's not going to happen.
2: Right. So the other comment that really stood out to me was from Sam. And they said, Mikel really talks about how his crowd affects the team versus the opposing crowd affects the team. It's such a vulnerable thing to say as a professional athlete, but it really helps us to understand what it all really is about. Thanks, Mikel. And that was in reference to his comment saying that sometimes when he's playing at home, like in the playoffs, and you could hear the entire crowd audibly sigh when a shot wouldn't fall in. That that was that was hard to mm-hmm. stomach. It was it was one thing. It's one thing to hear the opposing crowd cheer when your shot misses because that adds fuel to your fire. Of like okay, bet mm-hmm. I'll get it next time. But when the people that you love and care about and you're playing for sigh collectively, like that hurts.
1: Especially in key point, points of the game. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't I don't think the sighs are really as. as as, as pronounced when it's a maybe it's a, a you know a close game or, or you know you you have a chance right but when when the crowd can feel it slipping away mm-hmm. like in game seven mm-hmm. and they're ten points down and you take a big shot oh it's mm-hmm. like we just need that bucket to get us back on track and the and and the players can sense it mm-hmm. and I think that's when they start to notice it is when they can sense that things might be getting out of hand or slipping away from them themselves. That's when they start to notice it. So like, you know, I I don't know about you guys playing at sporting events or anything like that, but never really noticed the crowd at all. Like until it got really bad, then you notice
3: everything. (laughs) Having a home crowd for game seven is either a huge advantage if you get off to the right start or it can be a very worrisome thing because you can feel that tenseness. And I, I, we talked about it right after the show, I had said, like, after Luka hit his first three shots and the Suns had missed their first however many, you could feel people tensing up. Like, the players, the crowd, everybody was like, oh, man, this could actually happen instead of them coming out on a 10-0 run or something. And that's not to excuse their performance in any way, shape, or form. You've got to be mentally tougher than that. Um, But I do think it kind of spoke to where their mentality was at at the time. They thought they were going to win game six, Mm -hmm. and when they got smacked in the mouth again, Anything can happen in a game seven. The Mavs came out free, playing with nothing to lose. The Suns came out tight, everything to lose. 64 win season on the line, all those expectations from making the finals last year, 54 years as a franchise without winning a title. They had all of that and they felt it and they played like it. And it, there was I was watching the game back the other day and like You there's, masochist. <laughs> I know. There's a point where they're down 15-7. And I think Landry Shamit hits a three. And it felt like a collective sigh of relief, but it still felt like we are drowning here. And they were only down five in the first quarter. And then it just ballooned from there. But it, everything in those first six to eight minutes... Felt like the end of the world. I don't think and I don't think Suns fans should take offense to what he said.
1: I don't no. think it was meant to no. be an well, there are, there are some, either. I think, I think some, it was just
2: inside. I think into some the
1: again, what? we were talking about people always looking for something. Like I think there are some people out there like, oh, really, he's gonna blame the crowd. <laughs> right. Like, no, he's a human being and he noticed these things in that game because He's a human. Like mm-hmm. he, he felt the emotion. He felt the crowd. He wanted it as bad as the crowd did. Mm-hmm. And he could feel that in the in the, in the and the energy in the building, much the same as last year when things were really going well, and how the players picked up off the energy and they took it to another level, you know, like the freaking Tory Craig dunk and how mm-hmm. the Suns just took off from there. Like it goes both ways. And so like, I like I like I appreciate Mikhail saying what he said and that honesty and that vulnerability is mm-hmm. actually very impressive we've
0: and- said this before in the show but we want these guys to be vulnerable to be honest to be open and then when they are in a lot of cases it bites them in the ass because you get this other side of the crowd like, oh he's blaming us no no he's not blaming you and what i actually th- i was surprised he didn't say it. what i actually think was probably tougher for those guys was as quiet as it got when the oh, sighs yeah. stopped, mm-hmm. when the booze stopped, oh, yeah. and you basically got silence from your own crowd. And like that's gotta be the tough, toughest toughest mm-hmm. because apathy is the last thing you want. Like hate isn't isn't what you should worry about. It's apathy when nobody cares about you at that point. That's when things
1: are problematic. What, what, I don't know if your parents ever told you this, but they're like, hey, you don't have to worry about Uh, When I'm yelling at you, it's when I stop yelling at you. You should be worried because that (laughs) means, yeah, I'm done with you, son.
2: (laughs) Yikes. Not a big fan of that one. Um, I have something really important to tell you guys about. And this is Athletic Greens. Oh,
0: I thought all of a sudden we had some breaking news.
2: Breaking news. This <laughs> is breaking Cannonball! news. Because this is a no-brainer product that you should incorporate into your everyday life. Yeah. Espo can vouch for that.
0: If DA were doing this after two hours of sleep, he'd have some energy. It'd be no actually... big
2: deal. It would literally <laughs> be nothing. It'd be like, hey, I stayed up until 6 a.m. and got up at 6 a.m. But, you know but what? How do you it's know Athletic he Greens didn't. on my side. Know. Because Me- you know what? Athletic Greens, it supports better sleep quality and recovery. So, boom, boom. So, two there hours is equal to eight. We're good. Look at exactly. that. We're good. At,
0: just, just <laughs> pop that pouch. You're good to go. Don't worry about it. It
2: also has over 7,000 five star reviews. I'll pop the,
0: pouch. And the said, part,
2: Pop that pouch.
0: That travel pouch. You go whoop, pop, pop, pop in in that pouch. Thing, drink <laughs> that, <laughs> that best part
2: is it cost you less than $3 a day and you're investing in your
0: health. DA doesn't have to worry about that. $3 a day is nothing to a guy that's about to get a We're max from, from San Antonio. That's
2: something for sure. And to make it easy, our friends at Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting Aye. vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Pop that pack. Pop that pack. <laughs>
0: all you you have do to do, pop <laughs> that pouch pop that pouch pop that pack whatever it Same takes thing. get that athletic greens in you
2: all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/suns again that's slash suns to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance and take advantage of that offer too cuz you're going to get the freebies with that one yes, so definitely check it out athleticgreens.com we have another super chat from logan they asked, would you guys take Jalen Brunson a decent point guard? For what? I don't know, that was just for, the only question. For
1: D.A.? No. As a backup point guard to, to Chris Paul? Yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> Not as a sign-and-trade for, uh, for DeAndre Aiden? No. But thanks.
2: Well, there you go. That, Gerald, how do you feel? <laughs> I mean, it had have to be something? a double
3: sign-and-trade. I don't even want to do the math right now. It's too much math right now. We I need love to see a double sign-and-trade. Jalen Brunson would be... That'd be really hard. Um, <laughs> Jalen Brunson would be great, but yeah, as a as a return for a DA sign and trade, the math is tough there and they're gonna re-sign him or the Knicks are gonna sign him because they hired his who is it his dad? Jalen yeah, Brunson's going to the Knicks. Yeah. So
1: so that you might want to cry.
3: I, I think a good podcast name is the
0: double sign and trade. The double sign and trade.
2: Sheesh. That seems like there's a lot of math in that podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that one. All right, guys, we have one screenshot today presented by Arizona Department of Health Services. And as a reminder, we want you all to stay safe and healthy. COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone 5 and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. So this is a tweet from Barry M. Bloom, and he tweeted out a few days ago, quote, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver in a sidebar conversation after his press conference said the Sun's investigation involving owner Robert Sarver is highly complex, quote, but should be resolved shortly, end quote. And then I also got a text this morning from a friend of mine who said, hey, Bill Simmons on his podcast today mentioned that this investigation should be wrapped up in the next few weeks. So. Why hmm. do you do
1: what, this? When what you, also, when you read your I just headlines? talk with my hands. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? So we will so open it. one? Hold on a second.
0: What else happens in about two weeks? <laughs> the know. end of the finals. <laughs> Who would have guessed that information about a, an investigation into an owner would come after the completion of the season? It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs>
1: I'm not even going gonna... to do this. I'm going to start booking at you. <laughs> Just wait.
2: There's, there's no
0: vaccine against stupid comments. And that it sounds like we're about to find out how much trouble Robert Sarver's comments are going to get him in and the organization in. We're going to find out soon. And this could dramatically change everything about the offseason, depending on how it plays out. Either way.
3: Uh, go ahead, Gerald. I don't. Know. I'm fascinated by this. I'm excited to finally get some closure on this, and hopefully, it's closure that uh, that we all kind of need in this situation.
1: I feel like it's complex, and th- that statement to me tells me that this is not going to be the easy, just yank him out of his position uh, move that I think a lot of people are are, are looking for. Um, so. It, I, I, I don't know. That don't could know be why it's that.
0: complex, though, is because pulling an owner out of his team isn't as easy. You need as to have,
1: again, You need, we talked about this before, there is going to have to be some concrete yeah. evidence mm-hmm. to yank an owner. Um, if they don't have concrete evidence and it's just, uh, yeah. for lack of a better word, hearsay, then it's just nothing's going to happen.
0: And Barry M. Bloom also responded to somebody <clears throat> on Twitter saying that they had interviewed over 100 people female former employees as part of this, which leads me to believe maybe they didn't find anything, you know, on the racist side that was very well focused on, but maybe it's the sexism side that does them in based on how many interviews that they conducted with former female employees. And that was kind of the, the hint that he was saying. Now, I don't know how true it is, but.
1: I could see a scenario where, you know, sometimes in, in college when, um, there's some violations and maybe they can't pin it on the head coach, but they say uh, they 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 pin lack of institutional control. Um, I could see a scenario where maybe they don't have anything concrete, but still enough uh, chatter that that would make them feel like it's a lack of institu- institutional control, and they hammer uh, not only Sarver but maybe even the Suns as an organization right. overall. Like I could see a scenario like that.
0: Uh, my prediction is. With, with no sourcing, I don't. But what I think is going to happen is he's going to be removed as the managing general partner. They will name somebody else, and there may be some ban of his involvement in, in things. That would not shock me as the move that's coming. Maybe they don't fully remove him from his ownership stake, which I think is a little over 30% of the team, mm-hmm. but they may move him out of that leadership and controlling of the organization because of what you're saying, like a lack of institutional control.
1: I have no, listen, I feel like the the stain that has been left um, on this organization at the hands of Robert Sarver, um, it, 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 it's time for, for them to clean house. Like I really do, I, I feel like it's time to remove him um, and, and, and start fresh because whether you like it or not, it's still a bad look for the NBA when you have these kind of things pop up like this. Um, and they've happened too frequent in this organization. Um, and when you hurt people the way that that a lot of people have been hurt, um, I think you need to pay a price for that. And so I'm on, I'm on, I've am I'm always been on board about uh, taking him out because it's time. Uh, Debt nibble in the
0: chat says the Mavs had a mess a few years ago and it didn't even touch Cuban. It was two words why it didn't touch Cuban plausible deniability. It mm-hmm. was that that whole investigation was other people in the organization they were looking at. This is specifically directed at Sarver based on accusations or, or reporting based around Starver. That's that's totally the difference here. Situation. It's it's not, you can't plausibly deny when the investigation is, is about you.
3: So. And that's also kind of related to what uh, Cesar Morales asked in the chat. Honest question, how does the precedent from the Clippers former owner situation stack up here? I mean, can you really out Starver if it's less egregious than Sterling? The thing with Sterling was they had the videotape and it leaked yeah. and everybody heard it yeah. Yeah. and it was visceral yeah. and you can't deny that that's his voice on the t- although i think they tried but with this it's not it's a lot of accounts and there's a lot of testimony against him um but you do in that situation you kind of need more the, concrete evidence the audio tapes is what set it all
1: apart right without without that sterling would still be an owner in that's the That's not
2: entirely true though because that's what made it move so quickly yes. is because you had the audio tapes, but that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that they couldn't have done a year long investigation the same way they are yeah. now and found the similar outcome. True, true. So We're just guessing because of that's the situation that we've been through, but, but that doesn't mean that the NBA hasn't spent an entire year and is not going to make a decision but, that is something Sterling, that is beneficial to the people who came forward.
1: But Sterling had been doing that for well over three decades. Like, they even yeah. referenced and it. So ha- they, and they, Robert Sarvers had gone saying. back for it, over it, a decade. It, what I'm saying is now it's, it's now coming to fruition. And with, with the Sterling thing, because of that audio tape that dropped, that's what started the whole what? investigation. But people knew that that stuff was going on for years.
0: The difference is <clears throat> the time we live in now, right? And... This isn't David Stern's MBA. This is Adam Silver's MBA. Mm-hmm. He set the precedent. And you're right, Lindsay. It moved at a breakneck speed because they hadn't... They had a tape, which is airtight evidence, so they knew they could do it. This investigation took as long as it has because they have to build a case if they're going to do anything. And just because we haven't heard anything doesn't mean there weren't emails uncovered or anything Mm -hmm. larger than that. That could be a a smoking gun in the
3: case. Also, two other factors, I think, because it involved Magic Johnson, who is widely seen as a beloved ambassador to the Mm -hmm. league, to the game, that made it a quicker timeline and also the fact that it was going on during the playoffs. When that first emerged, there was pressure to deal with that situation to try and get the focus to basketball. And, that, and I'm not saying that that's right or, but I do think that those are two things that further contributed to how fast that situation was handled. And the players putting pressure on the league. Right. Too.
0: Right. Like you can't, you can't, take that out of the equation. There were they talked about boycotting a playoff game mm-hmm. because of it at one point. Like they had a lot of power in the situation as well.
2: All right, we'll keep you posted if anything else comes out re- uh, regarding that situation. We do have another super chat from Code. Thank you Code. But, Code, I'm mad at you. I'm (laughs) mad at you for this, Code. I really am. They said, lesson learned. Let's all be quiet when the Suns miss a shot because it might hurt the players' feelings and make them too scared to make a mistake. Mm. Code, come on. Code, I promise you. You know that wasn't a uh, scapegoat for Mikkel. If you Mm. watch the interview, you know he wasn't making an excuse.
3: Code, I promise you and anybody else in the chat who's upset about the way that this season turned out, they care and it matters a lot more to them than it does to any of us. I can also guarantee you that they're not going to be in the gym for
1: 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365, (laughs) Mm -hmm. just stressing over this like they are they are people. Right. And I don't care what their salary is. They still need some time to themselves. Mm-hmm. And like and that's that's the thing that kills me about like the D8 th- stuff and all this other stuff. It's like, oh, he's playing video games when you should be in the gym. I'm like, bro, right. who's like, in the even, gym at yeah. 3 a.m.? <laughs> when you have a bad day at work, do you just like Mm-mm. stay at work for the whole next 16 hours yeah, trying no. to write that wrong? Like, no, you gotta <laughs> yes. go, you gotta get away for a little bit. Reset and come back. The, like
3: you mean y'all don't know. sleep in here?
1: <laughs> no. These chairs are I've, con- so I've considered it. <laughs> yeah, we definitely wouldn't be. sleeping <laughs> No, in it'd be the couch <laughs> out. Yeah, look,
0: some people want athletes to be robots. It's just not the case. Like mm-hmm. they're human beings. It's people need to blow off steam, but. I get it that you know oh be qu- being quiet and all that. I get I get the sarcasm, believe
2: yeah, me. Yeah, totally.
0: Uh, but yeah, just be mad and tweet directly at them. They love that too. Oh God. <laughs> God. That's God. another way. Yeah.
2: Code, I will say I'm glad that you say it here and <clears> not <Adam> at <throat> Mikkel. I appreciate that because we can have a conversation about it and this is sometimes a safe space. It's it's hard I, it,
1: I think it's hard for people to understand like like listen, they're basketball players, they're mm. athletes and a lot of us envy that like we wish we had the talent to be able to do what they do Mm -hmm. and they get paid millions of dollars to do it right so we think that they've somehow won a lottery ticket and they should be grateful for it Mm -hmm. and i don't look at it that way i'm like they're an employee just like anybody else Mm -hmm. yes yes they make get they get paid a lot of money and they have a lot of cool benefits and it's probably dope as fuck to be them right now Mm -hmm. but at the same time that doesn't distract that that doesn't take away from the real life scenarios that they go through on a day-to-day basis they work hard they put in their 8 to 10 to 12 hours a day of work and they move about their life and there's a lot more pressure on them because listen there's there's not 18,000 people sitting on the outside of this door watching us do our our post game show mm-hmm. and booing every time we screw up no. or cheering every time we make uh, make something great like there's, there's not 20,000 but there's but there's that's what they have and they're under the public eye so much so that I would almost even wager to say that they deserve more time away from that from that space than than us because they have to deal with it so much. The hate they get, mm-hmm. the the vitriol that they receive, it's just it's on a whole nother level. And until you're in those shoes, you have no
3: idea. Right. It's the mental strain. It's the emotional strain. It's yeah. the physical strain, Absolutely. too. Like, if we go on a vacation for the summer and come back, nobody's going to be pointing at me like, wow, Gerald, you got I fat am. over the summer. Are you going to be able to do <laughs> your am. job? Well, Damn, well, Lins. Apparently, Lindsay. Hey, hey, I'm
2: to no. go after all <laughs> no i oh I'm not saying ju- about that. Not that specific. <laughs> oh, I, I, <laughs> I, no, no. I piped in and then said, I am, before he went to that specific example. I was just saying, I'm going to go after for all three of you once you get back from vacation.
1: I don't take vacations, Lynn. But
2: Code, that's a lie. Code did say, he followed up and said, I saw Mikhail post a pic of him playing with his dogs and it freshened me frustrated me so maybe you guys are right it's okay you're just still in the anger part of Mm -hmm. the stages of grief and that's okay you'll eventually move on to whatever the next one is and things will become a little bit easier
0: damn it mikhail should neglect his dogs and be in the gym
2: everybody (laughs) has to go through all the stages of grief and we don't get to determine what timeline that happens you guys grieve however you need if you want to be angry all summer be
1: angry all summer i don't
2: recommend it though because then you're going to miss out on a lot of fun things of the summer. But if you need some more time, it's okay.
1: Uh, Was it? Hate leads to fear. Fear leads to...
3: Or wait, what's the... How's it go? Fear leads to anger. Anger fear, leads to hate. Hate, hate leads, leads to, to suffering. suffering.
1: Yep. Don't do that to yourself. Listen to Yoda.
2: <laughs> Y'all ready to close the show with a little ad read roulette? <sighs>
1: Y'all ready for this?
0: That's what Mikhail's <laughs> talking about. That's so horrible. <laughs> 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 all right. Let's spin, spin that around. wheel. Who's it going to be? Who
1: is it? Hey! Hey! Lindsay! Let's i'm ready out. for some ad room now. <laughs> let's Woo! find out what Lindsay has to
0: read the og's ad i'm gonna let the air today. out of jacob's tire emma we can't <laughs> read this so we need you to read it for us Surfer <laughs> dude yeah dude hangton let's go
2: bro bro <laughs>
0: bro
2: bros. Bruh. Bruh. I found Bruh. about bros. What? You know what I heard about the other day? What? Bruh, there's this <laughs> brand. Bruh, it's called OGs. <gasps> Let me just tell you, my guy, they're so epic. It's like when you catch a nar nar uh, wave, bro, and you uh, ride it all the way through. Nar nar. OGs is legit, <gasps> bruh.
1: What? Why is Desmo breathing like this? <laughs> what? He's like, arr, arr.
2: I feel so dumb right now. <laughs> Hey, what the hell is going server on? Server ain't dumb. You gotta talk. Huh? Huh? Oh, my heart is huh? racing. This is such an awkward one.
0: <laughs> Lebra,
2: Can I take one and wax to my board? If you want to try these amazingly delicious variety of flavors, my guy, that OG's brands has to offer. Just go to OGsBrands.com. Gnarly. O-G-E-E-Z. Whoa. Brands.com, bruh find an OG's near you.
3: Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> ten, 10, 10. 10, bro. 10 milligrams, that is.
2: That was terrible. That was a sweet addery, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> is that, I don't think surfers actually sound like that in real life. I think that's like a sitcom, like yeah, TV
1: it's very, fine.
2: very aggressive. Um, <laughs> That's so who I no keep thinking of. surfers. That's who
1: I keep thinking of. Javier Ayala in the chat. Like what? the turtle in Finding Nemo. And we were like, whoa. And yeah, that we was like, my stoner And then we were like,
2: whoa. <laughs> oh, I wish I would have thought about that. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you. Good luck with your stages of grief as they continue along in the process. Uh, we'll see you guys later this week. We'll have a show for you tomorrow. Until then. You can follow me on Twitter at LindseySmithAZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Bourgier, And, of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home.
0: Whoa, dude. Oh, yes. cool, cool. Ahoy, <laughs> ahoy.
1: Hey, yo, my lifestyle retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. X though. Lindsay Gerald, Espo. Saul. So, cast the ball. We had to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. y'all always wreck the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G. No plan B.